Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. You can also find us on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app. Search for Nothing But Net. It's free. We're there every day from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Spell it out, F-I-V-E, ReasonsSports.com. That's our free website. We do not charge you for content. There is no paywall. We've got our guy, Brady Hawk. By the way, I posted a photo just in case anybody was accusing me of anything. Brady Hawk showed up, uh, visited me at the quarter deck to pick up a hat. He took some time off. He's taking online classes for school. He's a genius. And basically, uh, I wanted to prove to people that I don't have him in captivity when he's producing three stories a day. But he's doing great stuff. He's going to be with us on five on the floor next week as we start all of our draft episodes. Also, check out our YouTube channel, our YouTube channel with plenty of new streaming shows, as well as all the latest Zoom videos from the Dolphins. And when they come back, the Marlins and the Heat and all the other South Florida teams. Also, the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. I just spent some time with this guy at the Dolphin game the other day. Again, all of our sponsors here are local. Mark Brown, you can find him at his law firm. He's a real estate litigator and does transaction law as well, both commercial and residential. It's a full-service attorney-owned title company in-house as well, and a $295 closing fee on all refinances and purchases if you mention five reasons. That's right, just $295 on the closing fee for all refinances and purchases when mentioning five reasons. He handles evictions for both sides, landlords or tenants, and he offers flat fee evictions. Practicing for nearly 15 years, make sure you check out the website. It's Mark, that's with a C, M-A-R-C, brownpa.com, or call the office at 954-566-5678. That's 954-566-5678. And now, today's episode. One, two, three, four, five on the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the floor. Here is today's floor plan. Is everybody still waiting on election results? We think uh, there are actually a couple of major things that happened related to the Miami Heat over the past 24 hours. So we're going to handle both of them, one before the break, one after the break. Um, we're going to try to, We're not going to hit everything on these issues today because these are going to be things that are going on, I would assume, for the next couple of weeks, particularly as the transaction windows start to open up. But first, with Greg Sylvander and Alex Toledo, we're going to talk about Giannis and a report that came out from Ashley Nicole Moss about what he wants to do in terms of who he will extend with, who he won't extend with, where he lives in the offseason, which I think was news to some people. And then in the second part of the episode, we're going to get to our guy Greg Sylvander's report that the Miami Heat are monitoring and involved in the Drew Holiday conversation as there were reports from Shams from The Athletic that Drew is put on the market. We did a full episode on Drew about a week and a half ago. You should check that out. But we're going to get into the Heat's perspective, and particularly Greg's report that Tyler Hero would not be included in any such trade. All right, so I got Greg. I got Alex. Uh, let's start with you, Greg, on the Giannis conversation. And let me at least try to give people a little bit of framework. I got into this in more depth on Onside Radio on my new show uh, at 10 a.m. this morning. 
But basically, Ashley Nicole Moss, who I don't know, but I've known of for a long time. She has worked in this market. She has interviewed people with the heat. She's worked for NBC6. She's a legitimate reporter. Now, it's not all she does, and she does a lot of other things in addition to NBA, but she's not some hack on Twitter. When she put out this report yesterday, she was treated, particularly by a lot of the males, okay, as a hack on Twitter, um, and especially a lot of those in Milwaukee who weren't very happy with her because she reported that Giannis um, would not basically, uh, he has first thing that he has a place in Miami in the off season, which is not something I knew, but which I since confirmed. Okay. Not that he's the only athlete who has a place in Miami in the off season, but he does have one, but that Miami is a place he would extend with if he was traded there, whereas he would not do that for Golden State. So let's start here with you, Greg. What did you make of the report in the context of what we've kind of been reporting for the past year, which is pretty consistent with a lot of this stuff? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't necessarily surprising, but I thought that it was uh, just a little enlightening that you are starting to hear about Giannis um, having his eyes elsewhere. I think that that prior to this, it's been a lot of, you know, speculatory stuff related to where he may end up and what where he'd be looking. I know, Ethan, you've talked a lot about kind of Toronto and Miami being the teams that you've heard are the leaders um, in the clubhouse in terms of where he may be looking towards. Uh, I we've always known that he's had the BAM connection. So there's been these subtle connections to Miami that we've kind of connected dots on to make some sense of. But this is just making it a lot clearer. And what what will be interesting to see the balance here with Miami, because and, and I know we're going to talk a lot about this. You mentioned it in the coming weeks, but when you're, when the decks are clear for 2021 and you have the opportunity to lure Giannis to Miami without sacrificing any of the young assets, it will make for an interesting balancing act if they indeed need to pony up assets because other teams come at the Milwaukee Bucks with aggressive offers. Alex, is there any concern um, about this coming out now, because I think most Heat fans were, I think, kind of hoping that Jan. And again, I don't, I can't vouch completely for the validity report, but I also am not going to step on anybody else's report. And it is consistent in a lot of ways with stuff that we've heard. So I just want to lay that out there. But I feel like a lot of Heat fans, Alex, were just hopeful that Giannis would just kind of suck it up this year, then be disappointed with how things went. <laughs> and then leave right and then miami wouldn't have to give up anything and this whole hoarding of cap space for 2021 would pay off for miami in the biggest possible way is there concern now because if if there's any suggestion that Giannis is on the market and this gets to another reporter who maybe has a bigger following than ashley does that all of a sudden you're going to have you know the gold not just the golden states but the dallases the torontos and all these other teams making offers that may be better than what Miami wants to make. Yeah, right I think now. that's that's kind of the part of the report that I think threw everybody off. I think if – and I agree with everything you guys have been saying up to this point. Like, I think if the report was another one of those, like, oh, Giannis is committed to the Bucks for now. We're going to see what happens next year. I don't think there would have been as many people kind of, I think, uh, you know, bashing her credibility. I think people saw that and it's like, okay, that's different from what we've heard. And, and they just went to the, you know, the easy stance of – of attacking the credibility of somebody that they haven't necessarily heard before. But I think that's the part that's really interesting that you're talking about there, uh, the possibility of Giannis becoming available prior to 2021 free agency, which up to this point from, uh, you know, according to all reports really didn't seem like a possibility. It seemed like Giannis was committed to Milwaukee and to, you know, playing out that last year. 
And it really seems like that's kind of like what everybody else was saying, that it that uh, also that the Bucks weren't really looking to even think about trading Giannis prior to free agency, even if they do think that there's a possibility he leaves. So all of this really didn't seem like it was going to get to this point, especially not this early. But that's why I'm with you guys, and I'm looking at it as, a, as like, you know, just adding, jotting stuff down, right? Like stuff like this coming out a year ahead, I just think it's kind of a, a red flag as far as, okay, Giannis, might, you know, he might be shifting the pressure just a little bit on Milwaukee now to start winning. But it, the, the whole trade thing is, is really the conversation here because mm-hmm. that could be the most problematic part for the Heat. Well, all right, so let's get back to the Milwaukee part of this because before we even get to the Heat and the Heat and Dallas and Toronto and Golden State and any other team that might want to get involved – there's this, this thought that, you know, Giannis has been a loyal person. He said at the end of the season, he wasn't going to run. He was going to fight. He's going to try to stick it out. And the Bucs are actively, and this is kind of where our two stories come together tonight, guys, because like the Bucs are actively trying to make moves to try to entice Giannis to stay, which feels very Clevelandish to me, which is one of the other reasons that I've made that comparison. Cleveland tried it with Amare. They tried it with Bosch. They ended up with Antoine Jameson. And, you know, ultimately, you know, it didn't end up working out and he left for Miami. Um, there's some conversation about Drew Holiday. I want to hold off on that a little because we're spending the second half of the pod on that. But I mean, if you're Milwaukee now, guys, like Greg, start here and you're hearing this, does this put more pressure on you to basically, you know, unload the clip and make sure you get a second star for Giannis here before the season? I think you have to. I think that that's where um, you're going to see Milwaukee probably as aggressive as any team when the trade market opens up. And we're, we're starting to even hear that uh, as, so, as soon as an agreement is reached uh, between the players association and the owners that uh, you could see the moratorium lifted at, in advance of the draft. So I think Milwaukee's a team that's going to have to be particularly aggressive because they need to show him that it's all about him and surrounding him with better talent. Uh, I think that they've probably arrived at the point where the Eric Bledsoe's of the world are not going to cut it. You can't bring in semi-stars. Uh, they're going to need to go big. And and that that presents an interesting dilemma because, you know, like in Cleveland, they built that team around LeBron and it was almost like, we're not going to be the team that traded LeBron James, even though they ended up signing and trading him anyway, so he could get the extra years that he never used. Um, And it'll be interesting if Milwaukee kind of watches what transpired there and then starts to say, well, we're going to do our best to bring in players. And is Drew Holiday good enough? Does he move the needle enough? Or does whatever name that becomes available move the needle enough? Or do we need to go in the other direction and start seeing what type of robust package we could get for Giannis? And that's just, it's a, it's a balancing act that a small market like Milwaukee, uh, it, it's not an easy decision to make at all. Give me the one guy, Alex, other than Drew, because we're saving Drew that changes the equation for Milwaukee oh. in terms of keeping. Oh, that's out. easy. Is it yes. Chris Paul? Yes. I mean, yes, absolutely. The answer. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm a fan of Drew holiday. I think that would be, you know, I know we're going to, we're going to talk about it in the, in the next segment. I think that would be a good move for the bucks. And, you know, Matt Moore, uh, who we had on the show, put it in, I thought a pretty funny way this morning when he tweeted that there's a fine line between, you know, being a final piece and being Anton Jameson on the Cavs. I thought that was funny particularly because of the conversation that we had during the playoff run in regards to Chris Middleton being Mo Williams. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if, if uh, Drew and Middleton are now Mo Williams and Anton Jameson, that's pretty funny. I, I do think that would be a great move for them, but Chris Paul is the guy, man. Like, I think he was absolutely a top 20, 25 player this year. I think he gave him that type of reduction. I think that's exactly the type of leader that they need. 
and, you know, the type of guy that could really help them get more variety into their offense. So it's not just, you know, get Giannis at the top of the key and get him plowing to the rim. You can get him involved in some pick and roll. You can get Middleton, you know, involved in, in being uh, more of an off-ball player and being able to play off of those guys and not having him, you know, handle maybe as much as he did. And just getting a point guard of that level, it's just not like that guy, he, he, he's called point guard for a reason. I just think even though he's never been to the finals, that's exactly the type of player that they need to get there. And I, and I, and I really do think that like if they were to be able to swing a trade for Chris Paul, I would bet my money on them making the finals. All right. So let's go to the Heat perspective here. And again, we're going to cover this in much more depth on future episodes. But from the Heat's perspective we have all agreed that there is nothing other than Jimmy or Bam that you don't put on the table to get Giannis, right? I mean, he is still target one. 100%. Correct? And like, mm-hmm. that's, that's something that has been, I know I've talked about Tyler hero being untouchable, but when you're talking about the Giannis LeBron tier of players, all bets are off. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's Bam and Jimmy and then everyone else is available. But so absolutely you you're emptying the cupboard if you have to, to get a guy like him in your system a year early. Any hesitation, Alex? No, 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 no hesitation whatsoever. I'm 100% in. I mean, Giannis is just there. There, it's not even a, a conversation worth having. If the, if it does come to that point of a trade, I think you you, you just got to do it, right? Like you can't get outbid by another team, especially not a team like the Warriors or another team where that tries to you know be the Raptors and be like, okay, we're gonna just get him in here for a year, even if we're not really sure that he'll resign with us. So I just think like if you got to put Hero on the table, I mean, you just got to do it and, and hope you can find shooters elsewhere. It's obviously not ideal, but there you go. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on it. I mean, you know, for anybody who's having second thoughts about Giannis because of some struggle shooting in the playoffs hasn't watched Giannis enough. And I mean, this is this is what it's all about. As I've said repeatedly, you know, Riley's not putting off Malibu for Oladipo. OK, he's <laughs> he's putting off Malibu to get the next whale, the next LeBron. Giannis is the next LeBron. It's the same age bracket Two MVPs, just like LeBron um, can't get over the hump where he is, needs to improve as a shooter more than LeBron did. But there are other elements of, of Giannis's game that are there with LeBron's or even better, not the playmaking necessarily, but but some of the stuff that he does defensively, I think is even better than what LeBron did. So I, I just, to me, and then everybody's like, you won't have enough shooting. You figure that out. You get Bam, Jimmy, and Giannis. You figure out the other two spots. You make sure you have shooters around them or you stagger. You do whatever it is that you have to do. All right. We're going to get to in a second to Drew Holiday. So we want to get to that conversation. But before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. And that's our friends over at Biscayne Bay Brewing, the official craft beer of Inner Miami and the Miami Marlins. This is South Florida's actual independent brewery. Biscayne Bay is owned by local guys who employ people in this community to make their beer right here in South Florida. They're committed to our community and supporting Five Reasons Sports so we can keep bringing you all the local sports content that you can handle. So if you care about supporting local business, Drinking amazing beer, grab their stuff, not from me. I got to get through my stuff here. Marlins Lager, Miami Pale Ale, Tropical Bay IPA at all major retailers throughout South Florida. And if you're at a restaurant, ask for it. There are a lot of restaurants that are stocking it, but it's not on the menu yet. So make sure that you ask for it. I know it's different these days. You don't really get the real menus. You got to do the little scan thing on your phone. Okay, you don't see it, ask someone. See if they've got Biscayne Bay Brewing because you want to support local. And it's great beer, the beer we're drinking at Five Reasons sports all right Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor support all of our other sponsors as well including safecubbies.com our friends onecalllegal.com that's the Seltzer Mayberg law firm if you've got a traffic ticket of course prizepicks.com if you want to play a great new daily fantasy game use the code five let's get to Drew Holiday your report today Greg was 
So uh, initially, Shams, as you referenced earlier, talked about New Orleans kind of being open for business as it relates to Drew Holiday. Uh, I thought that was particularly interesting since there is no lifting of any moratorium left yet. So it, it's almost like alluding to the fact that uh, teams are absolutely having conversations. And the minute that that report surfaced, uh, I went to my sources close to the heat and asked, uh, is this Drew Holiday stuff real and how interested are they? And I got a resounding yes that they would absolutely be interested it's something that they're exploring heavily but they're going to be patient with it and my next question was would Tyler Hero be involved because I feel like if you were to put a guy like Tyler Hero in a package for Drew Holiday that gets done and I was told with um, certainty that Tyler Hero is not uh, available in, in a trade for Drew Holiday for a couple reasons one if they're going to sacrifice Drew uh, or excuse me Tyler Hero in a deal it's going to be for one of these frontline players like a Giannis or something like that, like a, in, a, in a Shaq trade, truthfully. But the other part is this, is that if they're going to take the risk of bringing in a player like Drew Holiday, who has a $26, $27 million player option for 2021, that could, it's one torn ACL away from blowing up the entire plan, they're not going to also empty out, you know, the most attractive trade options that they have. So Ultimately, I don't think it's going to be a situation where Hero is included, but I did find it interesting that Miami is absolutely looking, and we know Jimmy Butler is a fan. No, he's a huge fan, and I've said that repeatedly. I, I think if you could pick like two or three players in league that Jimmy would want to play with and he hasn't played with yet, Drew's on the list. And he said it himself. I mean, this is not like crazy information I'm breaking here. I've heard it a lot since, but he has said it on video. He loves Drew. He loves his mentality. He's a two-way player. We've talked a lot about the contract. We did a whole episode on this. But let me throw this at you uh, because this is how these things are connected and why I wanted to do the episodes together. So, Alex, let's say that Milwaukee doesn't get Chris Paul, but they get Drew Holiday. Okay. To me, does that complicate things? Because then, like, okay, not only do you lose Holiday potentially, but now you've added a piece that may be a piece. I don't know if it's good enough to keep Giannis in Milwaukee, but I can tell you if you had Drew Holiday instead of Eric Bledsoe, that series might have looked a little different. So does that, I mean, you're talking about a guy in Drew Holiday who literally locked down Dame Lillard, okay, which nobody in the league does and swept him out. Does that complicate it? If, if you're competing with Milwaukee for Drew Holiday, are you more willing to maybe go all in? You see, that's actually a really interesting point by you. I hadn't even really considered it in that way as far as just kind of relating it to Miami versus Milwaukee in that sense. I, I think that's a really good point because the Bucks' assets – well, it, it actually makes me think now that you say that, that Hero would actually be even less likely to be involved, especially after hearing what Leif has said, is because Milwaukee's assets aren't necessarily, I mean, assets aren't necessarily that great. So I think it would probably have to come down to see with uh, the other teams that would uh, theoretically get into a bid war, a bidding war for Drew Holiday, the Denvers and the Brooklyns of the world, see if they get involved. But if it were to come down to just Milwaukee and Miami in that type of scenario, I mean, the Heat, the Heat could probably put together a good package. I just don't think Hero would be involved. I, I think – I don't – I honestly don't think the Heat should let that question swing whether or not they make a trade for Drew Holiday. I think the the Chris Paul thing is actually a lot more worrisome to me from a Heat standpoint in, in, in the sense that I think he gets them to the finals. I'm not as sure about Drew, even though that is 100% a pretty significant upgrade over Bledsoe. But I, I don't necessarily think that the Heat should uh, – overplay their card or, or, you know, try to get into a bidding war with the Bucks who, who are just going to end up offering, you know, just a bunch of picks. 
And I, that's, that was my other question was what would they end up offering? I mean, they, they have picks, but you, with the Bucks, it's one of those crazy situations where like if Giannis is there, the picks are not going to be very good. Yeah, right? so, it, it would just so, be so, Bledsoe, DiVincenzo on a package of, you know, future unprotected picks. I, I can't really c- come up with anything else other than that. Right. Okay. So let's cycle it back. We've had Stan Van Gundy on the pod. I mean, I'm interacting with him on politics on a daily basis on Twitter, but I'm not going to ask him about Drew Holiday, right? Because it's it's a little bit of a different conversation uh, than getting into, you know, election stuff. We had him on the pod. Do you remember in any way, because he's, you know, he's with David Griffin, who has a pretty good background on the heat as well, has dealt uh, with the heat on some stuff. Do, Do you have any memory of stuff that Stan said about any of the heat players? whether it was Duncan or hero, I, I was trying to remember our pod with him, Alex. No, not off the top of my head. I just remember him being generally impressed with everything that yeah. he did, but not like a one specific guy. Okay. Well, well, one thing I thought that he mentioned was uh, talking about the other stuff that Duncan Robinson was doing other than shooting and like the ways that he uh, was kind of rounding out his game. And I, I can't remember the exact quote, but um, he definitely had some uh, some good things to say about Duncan. And that's an interesting thing. And we, we touched on that in the Drew episode before about like, if you got JJ Redick, would you include Duncan Robinson and stuff like that? And it's just ultimately a situation where you have Brooklyn, Denver, Denver comes to mind as George Carl was quote tweeting my report earlier today on Twitter. <laughs> um, Milwaukee, we'll have exactly. George on the pod. We'll have right? Thomas. Yeah, and then there's these dark horses like Phoenix. Do they need to do something to keep Devin Booker in town? Mm-hmm. Is is Boston going to look to do something? Atlanta has flexibility, so I don't know. I just feel like there's a mm-hmm. lot of teams that could get in the mix for Drew Holiday. Um, to where I, I just don't know that Miami's going to go all in. There, there's just there's bigger fish to fry. I'm with you. I, I, I'm with you on that. And, and again, there's this list, there's this pecking order, and then there's, okay, if we can't get this guy, but I, I guess my concern is that some of the cards may flip faster than they thought. Right. And so there may be more players that come off the table. I know you want to be patient, but if the honest thing is going to happen quicker, but then maybe drew going to Milwaukee is something that pulls that off the table. I just wonder how it changes your mindset on it. They had to be prepared for this. They, they had to know, uh, they have insight into what Giannis is thinking to a certain degree. Again, they deal with his agent. They talk to people around the league. I know there's a fine line with tampering, but teams have a general idea. They don't always know everything, even about their own players that happened with the Heat and LeBron in 14, but they have a general idea. So, I, I mean, they had to assume that this might be a possibility that it would leak. It's interesting to me, guys, because I want to combine these two things again. Again, not to disparage Ashley Nicole Ross because it's her report and I, I back to the report, okay, because her reporting in the past has been good, okay, and I believe she has a connection here that would allow her to get this information to get it out there. I'm a little bit surprised that the Giannis report hasn't really been picked up by anybody else. I mean, I know Woj in particular is very territorial about his stuff, but nobody's followed on it over the past 24 hours. Does that surprise you on the Giannis side? Not really. I feel like this is still, there's so much negotiating going on uh, from a collective bargaining perspective Mm -hmm. that I feel like a lot of the national guys are waiting for that to get ironed out. Cause truthfully, it's, it's kind of hard to, to really get a temperature check on what teams are feeling until the numbers shake out. The numbers are just so important to all of this. When you're talking about uh, player salaries and the escrow and what it does to max salaries and that even guys with existing contracts could have their contracts reduced. So I just feel like we're in this weird 
moment where also the election is happening. So mm -hmm. people are kind of have their eye off the ball. And I think in the coming weeks, particularly leading up to the draft, that it could get a little louder then. All right. I got one more question for both of you guys. We're going to do that after I tell you about another great sponsor. That's Louis Peters over at State Farm. This is an agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the United States. They got more than 60 years of combined experience in the insurance industry. These are local agents that understand South Florida's unique market. If you didn't think South Florida was unique, well, the election results Tuesday kind of proved that they've got access 24 seven walk in which not it's not 24 7 but you can go visit over at southwest 117th avenue in miami or call in the phone number is 305-275-5585 that's 305-275-5585 or the website at louis peters that's l-u-i-s peters.com personalized service tailored to every customer and every kind of insurance you could possibly want whether you're talking about life or car or home they do it there at State Farm. There are no cookie cutter solutions and he will not treat you like that. So reach out 305-275-5585. All right, one more question for each of you guys. Tell me in your view for Giannis, best offer that Dallas could make. Uh, Greg, you go with that one. I got one for Alex. Oh man, best, best offer that Dallas can make. Um, I would imagine it would involve as many draft picks as they can muster up. Um, I, it's hard to know, like from a young player perspective, where guys are leaning. Cause you know, like they're not going to offer Kristaps Porzingis. So, you know, is it, uh, how do you say his last name? Kleber? Matt, mm -hmm. Maxi Kleber. Um, I mean, then the rest of their roster is kind of filled out with like the Seth Curry's and Tim Hardaway juniors of the world. Trey Burke had a couple, you know, uh, moments throughout the postseason that were interesting, but ultimately they don't have this treasure chest of, of young guys that I think are that sought after Justin Jackson is at the end of the bench. I mean, he was a late first round pick. You could look mm -hmm. to maybe revive, but it, for, for Dallas, I've always felt like it made more sense in terms of a straight signing because mm -hmm. it was just like a clear path kind of situation. So I really think Dallas would have to rely on draft picks or a three team deal. And to that, I mean, that would you, would you not trade Porzingis? Um, Alex, I mean, if, if they ask, I mean, I don't know why they wouldn't necessarily, although he mm -hmm. was rounding back in a form in the bubble. I mean, if, if you're Milwaukee, does that interest you? Yeah, I don't know exactly how Milwaukee feels. I think that would be pretty much the only hope of Dallas being able to land Giannis via trade is being it's just hopeful that the Bucks are, you know, they really like Porzingis and the progress that he's shown and that he's just going to be back to being what he was before those injuries. And, and, you know, just going with a package of Porzingis and picks. Other than that, I don't really see another package out there. You know, maybe they like some of those veteran, you know, they have some decent players like, uh, like Leif mentioned, Cleaver and Hardaway and Curry. They like those guys. But yeah, I mean, it's really just, you know, Porzingis is that guy. It's, and it's about how they feel about him. I guess getting back Porzingis is better than getting nothing. All right. So let's go to one more team. We're not really going to get into Golden State as much. There was the report. Uh, from Ashley again, that Wiggins would headline a deal with a first round pick. And that's kind of where we thought that might go. So I'll give you this one, Toronto, Alex, what would be the oh, best man. offer you made for Giannis? That one's actually really tough uh, because we know they're not giving up Lowry and either way, uh, like it wouldn't be Lowry or Siakam. I think that's for sure. So I think you're looking to give up just some of the other young guys that they've got there, whether it be, I don't know, a Terrence Davis or a Norm Powell or Fred Van Vliet, if you get them re-signed. Like, I just maybe? don't see. Yes, yes, that's right. That's what I'm missing there, too. For sure, OG Ananobi will be a part of that. 
Uh, he looks like he's going to be an elite defensive player for the next like 10 years. Uh, so, you know, I just think they'll put together a bunch of those guys and again, some picks. And yeah. this is all weird. It's just, it's just tough to kind of put together packages like this because I don't think these teams were kind of prepared for uh, a trade scenario for Giannis. It really felt like everybody was gearing up for free agency, right? To add to these cores. Yeah. If you headlined, uh, if you, so to that, this is kind of what I'm getting at. If you headlined a package with Tyler Hero, you're getting him, right? I think mm. so. I mean, like, what team, if you go around the league and let's do it in three seconds, like in, in, in a minute here, like, who has that young piece that they would dangle that would get the deal done that's better than if you had to put Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and whatever else into a deal? Like, it, it, the list is not long. I mean, maybe, <laughs> right? I mean, Jason I mean, maybe Tatum. I was just going to say Boston, like maybe they do something with Jalen Brown and a bunch of stuff surrounding him. I mean, that makes sense. Um, I'm sure there's other options out there, but it, it's not this laundry list of teams that have the perfect mm -hmm. mix um, for Milwaukee to kind of start to rebuild. I mean, Boston, if you're Boston, I mean, look, you go after Giannis, but I mean, do you even really want to mess with what you have there? I'm not, I'm, I mean, I, 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 that might be attractive to Milwaukee because they might think, okay, Jalen can be a core, core piece for us going forward. But the Jalen, that's a good impersonation of Danny Ainge. Well, I, well, Ainge always wants the big splash, <laughs> but like the the uh, he's held on to them forever. So maybe he was waiting for something like this, but he didn't trade them for Kawhi. He didn't exactly. trade them for Anthony Davis, right? He held on to him all this time, and then he saw them develop into a team that could have gone to the finals and has great chemistry between those two lead guys. So I, I don't know Philadelphia. I, well, maybe. Oh, oh. Jesus, that would suck. But who? Simmons? Or MB? I mean, either way, it would be such a weird fit, right? Like <laughs> Giannis and well, you can't Giannis play Simmons. And Simmons. And, you can't play Simmons with Giannis. They're like, I mean, Giannis is a better version of Simmons, basically. You can't, right? I mean. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. It's like there's not really a perfect path. I mean, Golden State presents certain options, but there, again, those aren't only because that draft pick, which will mm -hmm. immediately lose its value the minute that the player is chosen. Right. So that means time of time is of the essence there. So it's really like I, I, you have to kind of look at the teams, and we don't have it in front of us here, who maybe have some future picks that would create a kind of enticing package that's more about tomorrow than it is rebuilding anything today. You oh, okay. See for Giannis. <laughs> well, actually, they have asked. I mean, they got the picks. I mean, they could be Pressy could send all his picks. But here, my final, so many. my final one on Philadelphia is this. What if Maury comes in? He flips, he flips uh Embiid for Harden, and then oh he flips, God. and then he flips Simmons for Giannis, and we get Harden and Giannis who hate each other on the same team. <laughs> that's that's what oh I my and, God. Then, and then you and then you trust the process. And actually, those two things from a personnel standpoint are not crazy, but you would not actually put those players together. All right, check out five reasonsports.com for all of our latest coverage. Also, our YouTube channel, my new show on onsideradio.com, which you can now find on our website. Next week, we're doing all draft, okay? Unless there's major news, we'll break in, obviously. But we're gonna do all draft. We're gonna have Brady on, we're gonna have Adam Bore on. Uh, the three of us are gonna be on. We'll have Alf on to say he doesn't know any of the players um, and we're going to basically do four or five episodes next week kind of breaking down the 20th pick do they use it and if they do what are some options because honestly I know nothing about the draft right now I've just been reading Brady's stories Greg's doing a deep dive on it Alex is going to get into it too now he's going to know some international players and we're going to talk about all of that next week on five on the floor thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network